spot on. Uh, right, we are all fuck. Where's my where's my notes? Away. Uh, Fantastic. So, welcome to the Hard to Kill podcast. None other than Mr. Phil Graham. Uh, many listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call them, uh, when I asked who they want to see on the podcast, asked to hear from my own personal mentors, people who have been formative in my development, the growth of my business, and ultimately the person that they now see in front of them on social media, YouTube, etc. And Phil, you're probably the leading light in uh, in that quadrant. So welcome to the podcast. For those who don't know who you are, who's Phil Graham? Well, Mark, first of all, can I just say that, you know, right place, right time, we connected and you had all this inside you and I just enabled and lit up a, a fire and it's been super impressive to see what you've built, uh, the challenges that you've overcome, both in your own personal life and your business, how you've navigated, you know, COVID, the pandemic, and how to really thrive and grow an online business in a, a world that was kind of closing down. Um, so you're a true testament to everything that you teach. And uh, you're a role model to so many people in our community, in our world, and so many young business owners that are getting stuck into building their dreams, building their vision and going after life. So massive, big respect to you. Um, my story is very, 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 very simple, but quite unique. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 16. And when you have your health taken away from you, your outlook on the world is very different. Uh, when you're 16 and you're told that you might die younger or that you might have kidney failure, you might lose sight, you might lose a limb, et cetera, you kind of start to pay attention towards what you need to do to offset that. And nutrition, training and exercise and mindset and medication were essentially my saviors. And Whenever I was told that I had type one diabetes, the language that was used was might, could potentially. So I find hope in that. And I locked onto those nutrition, training and exercise and everything else as my saviors and really went to study those. And that turned into me venturing into the gym. And I remember whenever I uh, first started in the gym, I, I ventured into the most hardcore bodybuilding gym you could ever imagine. You could literally smell the testosterone nine miles out. I was literally like pre-warned not to go into the building. And I started on the recumbent bike and eventually worked my way down towards the weight room. And I just saw these individuals lifting weights, um, bouncers. You could see army guys in there. You just tell that they were like guys that really took a great amount of pride in their physique and their, the way that it presented themselves. And from being out of shape and having my health taken away from me, this was a very aspirational goal. So I locked into that fell in love with training, um, got very, very good at training, had a, uh, a real profound interest in bodybuilding. I just find it fascinating how people could get that lean and strong. And I never knew the human body looked like that. When you first, you know, see a bodybuilder ripped down, you see how lean the skin is. It's kind of fascinating. And uh, obviously growing up with influences of Arnie and Rambo and, you know, all these superheroes that had super strong physiques. And plus the fact that I was a fat, chubby little fuck. You know, it was kind of like the polar opposite. We sometimes see that in life where at one moment you're all one-sided and then all of a sudden it switches. And that was a switch for me. Mm. So I just, you know, started reading nutrition and training and textbooks and all that kind of stuff to save myself from diabetes. Combined that with a love for bodybuilding, got very good at it. Went to study nutrition in university for seven years. My dream was to become a dietitian. And I combined that knowledge was really for myself, but I realized that there was a lot of missing information out there in the world 
for people with type 1 diabetes that wanted to build muscle and get in shape. And I decided to write the world's first encyclopedia on it. Built the world's largest community for type 1 diabetics. Go and look it up online, how to build muscle with type 1 diabetes. I'm a number one search. And I really played a pivotal role in providing that information to that part of the world or part of the you know population that just didn't have access to it other than charity-based stuff. Had a successful bodybuilding career and throughout that time period, um, started online coaching, was one of the first online coaches in the UK mm-hmm. and um, grew that business and got recognized by a lot of trainers and coaches as kind of being the switched on guy because I had this university degree, had the bodybuilding career and I had a very successful business. And uh, then they started asking me to coach them. And I really just love business. I just love the idea of taking an idea, turning it into something and selling it and seeing people benefit from it. And long story short, fast forward to today, we run the world's largest organization for really helping coaches step into their entrepreneurial identity and really take their passion, their purpose and turn it into a mechanism that quite frankly, fuels their life and allows them to do the things that they always wanted to do, whether that was financially, freedom-wise, build a family, pay their parents' mortgage off, doing what they love, working with people that they like, doing stuff that they're really skilled at. So long story short, that's it in a nutshell. On top of that, I'm an investor. I run multiple businesses. I speak all around the world and uh, I get to work with awesome people like you. So So if anyone needs uh, proof of the pudding or evidence that you do what you said you'd do, well, obviously my business is that. I think when I first came to work with you, I really hardly had a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And uh, we are where we're at now. And it's funny how, you know, training became the catalyst for you. It certainly was the same for me. It's a lot with, uh, the same with a lot of business owners and uh, professionals that I work with. Training was the catalyst that um, facilitated them turning their fucking life around. Just returning to, you know, when I first started working with you, can you remember that conversation? Because a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, see me how they see me today. They don't think I was ever the fucking nervous guy fucking on a call with a mentor or a coach, pure shit in it. Can you remember the first time you and I ever spoke, mate? I vaguely remember it. Um, I vaguely remember it. Um, but I, I do, I do remember that you were anxious and you were, you were nervous and you, you, you were, yeah, you were definitely wobbling. Um, yeah. I'm a huge advocate as you are, that you can only really coach from the places that you've authentically been to. And uh, I've been in that situation. I've been in that position, not knowing what's coming, get on a call with some geezer. You've got no fucking idea what he's about to say, do, or, you know, how he's going to behave. Uh, being terrified uh, and then having to come to the point of commitment and say, right, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go all in or am I not? And uh, had I not done that today, and I remember squirming, I remember fucking pure shit in it. Had I not done that, I wouldn't have the life, the business, the impact, the physique anything is the things that I have today, nor would I be changing the lives of thousands of other people as a result. So um, I do want to say thank you for that. And also, you know, you coming from a place of authenticity and allowing me to come from a place of authenticity as well. I think so- there's a big thing in that, Mark, you know, for everybody listening, is that when you make a choice to do something in life, there's just so much power that lies in choice. Mm. You choose and commit to a better future for yourself then you're kind of making that decision from that real crystal clear vision. And you know that I talk about vision a lot. Mm. Vision is what gives you energy. And you you knew what you wanted and your current circumstances were not acceptable. Mm. And you wanted to change that. And, you know, for anybody listening, you know, the, the greatest growth that you're going to experience is, come, is going to come when you actually realize that your current position is not acceptable. 
And it's not a position that you want to continue to live in because one, it holds you back from being your best self. And two, when you're not your best self, everyone around you is affected negatively. So you you made the choice and, you know, well, with choice comes power and responsibility. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So following on from that, you know, power comes with choice. And there are a lot of people out there who have choices that rightly or wrongly, meaningfully or otherwise, we kind of abdicate and we allow society and, and situations to to make those choices for us. But what would you say to people out there, business founders, professionals, people who aspire to become peak performers in life, who are willfully or otherwise abdicating those decisions and know there's choices to make but aren't making them? What would you say to them? I would say to first get very clear on what you want. Mm. If you're not making choices, then you're, or you're, or you're not finding what, what is the real meaning in my life that I want to find, then you're abdicating responsibility. When people don't get clear on what they want, when people don't set goals, when people don't sit down and figure out the purpose of their life, mm. they are essentially just avoiding taking responsibility of their life. And the challenging thing is, is that when you take responsibility for your life and the goals that you want, you also take responsibility for failing. So, you, you know, that's essentially where it comes from. Um, so if you're in a position in your life right now and you haven't got goals or you haven't got, you know, a really clear vision of what you want, is it maybe because you're too afraid of failing or is it because you just don't want to take responsibility for anything? And you'll find if you don't take responsibility for anything that you will get caught up in comparing yourself to other people. You will get caught up into talking yourself into why you can't do it. And you will get caught up in victimizing yourself and feeling sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. It takes up a substantial amount of energy to do that versus actually just doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to sit there and justify and complain because it's familiar. And essentially we know what it feels like when we're going to call ourselves a cunt. It's almost self-soothing, mm. right? If you've got an identity in your head of who you think you are and you want to just reaffirm that by going, I knew I couldn't do it. I'm not going to do it because what such and such is going to say, it's so easy to do that. Mm. But when you create a vision and you start taking responsibility, then you have, the only thing you have is courage and courage doesn't feel as good as confidence everybody wants confidence first and they, you know, they go and read all the personal growth books and they go and do all the masterminds and go and try to do all the, you know, the life coaching shit, bro. There's nothing that's going to grow your confidence and throwing yourself in the fucking fire and just doing the thing. Mm. Even if you're not going to do it correctly. And that may sound irresponsible to some, but the reality is you can sit and over plan and overanalyze. Most plans go wrong. and uh, Most circumstances are never the right time. Mm. You're never busy. You're never too busy to get better. You know, and um, it all starts from really a crystal clear vision of where you want to go. And your vision isn't always going to be the same. Your vision will evolve. Your vision will change, especially for those of you that are listening to this that have had some form of success. Mm. You know, when you hit that level of success, you've actually got to recreate your vision faster than you succeed. Otherwise, you're going to end up not knowing what you want. I mean, you don't know what you want then you're sitting around doing like just comparing, contrasting a busy mind. And it's just a very uncomfortable place to live, you know? A hundred percent. And there's two things that you've said to me over the tenure of our time working together. The first, I remember this is years ago was jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. 
Uh, that was one of the most impactful things that anyone's ever said to me. And I remember it and I utilize it often. I don't let um, like finite details be the reason I'm not going to do something and implement it. And then I'll figure it out as it becomes to implementation, comes to fruition. And the second thing was actually relatively recently was, you know, kind of quit, quit worrying. Like mm-hmm. it's a misuse of imagination um, and it's not going to help you. And the, the way for us to create a better now is to create a bigger future vision. Because what I see with people who are, you know, reasonably successful in their careers, athletically, sometimes both, is they had this vision for the future and they were so driven and they capitalized on all their opportunities and they get to the point where their reality is caught up to their identity and they're like, well, now what? And then they stagnate and they begin to ruminate and then confidence gets corroded. And they believe they're not capable of doing, being, and achieving the next thing. So, you know, one thing you mentioned was about identity and subsequently self-belief. What role do you feel like identity and subsequent self-belief has in, in creating a better future? Yeah, that's a very good question. I look at identity as how I see myself and how I feel the world sees me. Mm-hmm. I built a very clear, very, very clear picture of what I wanted that to be. And, you know, I always reference the what would Jesus do kind of analogy. You know, Christians use that where a bracelet on their wrist whenever they're faced with a tough decision in life. What would Jesus do? Well, what would your future self do in this circumstance? How would they act? How would they behave? Because when you look at success in life, you behave your way to that level. And that's a result of daily actions that create a life path. And there's a billion different life paths that you can take. For example, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you could stop the podcast, go and flick onto YouTube and watch something else like entertainment. You could watch through the rest of this and get a nugget that completely transforms your life. And I really feel that it's the individuals that were that are on the quest to find the tiniest droplet or tiniest bit of wisdom that lights up their soul, lights up their fire and, and, and coordinates them are the ones that are going to find it. You know, so I always remember looking at my life whenever I, you know, in my early 20s used to, you know, always be reading, always be studying, always speaking to people smarter than me or wiser than me. And all I was looking for was little droplets just to like light me up. What lit me up? What's what steered me in the right direction? And if it wasn't for that behavior, I wouldn't have found those little traces of gold along the way. Mm-hmm. So I just had, you know similar to yourself, I, you know, I had, had circumstances that I just was not happy with and creating that bigger future is so important in terms of growing and developing your identity. And, you know, this conversation that we're having here is a, uh, you may feel it's a popular conversation based on the social media accounts that you follow, mm-hmm. the, the, the influencers that you listen to, but when you actually step outside your world, all your own social media following and the messaging that's in your world, you realize that next to nobody talks about vision. Mm-hmm. So when you're at the last Saturday party with your friends, how many people are there sat talking about vision, life, identity, challenges, mm-hmm. lessons, zero. So you 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 really are taking a, a very lonesome path when you begin this quest of personal growth and discovery. And that can be difficult because, you know, the people that are company or that you socialize with can often be very comforting and you become familiar with them and you know that's a great way to spend time and well in many ways waste time but you know when you're on your own and you're not used to doing that with people that's where a lot of people get stuck mm. because they aren't comfortable being on their own and then they resort back to they need alcohol or they need you know 
to be socially stimulated in some way, um, but the inputs from those social occasions aren't energizing mm-hmm. really. You know, they actually take life, they don't give life. So um, yeah, I mean, identity and getting clear on who you are, you know, um, you know, who am I going to be? What do I got to do? What will I have? Be do have is critical. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and asking that question of who do I need to be in order for this goal to come to fruition? And, you know, as you said, many times with new levels comes new devils. And I can vividly remember how I felt when I started to feel somewhat alienated by people that I used to knock about with when I was just a PT, for an example. And then I started to become a business owner and see myself accordingly. And I wanted to be discussing this stuff, which it becomes like heroin in, in a positive sense of like, you want to learn more about the world and the way that it works. And, you know, they'll even say it, creating resources and investment and, and the future and development and travel and all these things that are enriching to life rather than just allowing life, taking like a passive stance on life. And there's certainly something a lot of guys that come to work with us have experienced. They're like, no one around me, all kind of single use friends. I've got my sport and lifting friends and I've got my friends that go and get drunk with, but nobody does it all. I can't have that texture of conversation, those high level chats. And you identified a really good point, which actually I hadn't thought of. Like I see the world in this uh, altered bubble because all the clients inside the hard to kill program are talking how I talk and all the people I follow think how I think to a varying degree. And I'm not thinking, oh shit, well, what if people are just following fucking idiots? <laughs> They're not really having this, this level in this line of conversation. So the, 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 the real question to summarize that loop is, um, you know, what must I do to live, love and die complete without regret? You know, when, when people see you leading your life, you'll be an inspiration mm-hmm. and other people want to follow. And 99% or less is struggle and slow drip poison. And 100% all in is absolute freedom. So, you know, um, yeah, it's a very powerful question to really think of. And it mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage to live that life. Could you just repeat that question back? Was it, what must I do to live life and die with no regrets? What must I do to live, love, and die complete without regret? Yeah. If, if anyone takes one question or a thought process away from today, that's probably the most impactful and profound one. Um, really, really powerful line of thinking. So now I, I want to ensure that we don't go down the route that is misrepresented and missold online, which is, you know, woo-woo, just talking about identity and how you can manifest your way towards being successful and higher performing. Because the the importance of having the identity and knowing where you want to go is imperative. But then adding to that, we obviously have to have discipline, consistency, self-trust, uh, becoming your own best friend. For you, what role did that, especially, you know, health and fitness and training and eating in a certain way, what role did that play in building the success you're now creating? Mm. Well, I did something very rare where I actually took my chaos and I turned it into my wealth. Mm. So very few people get the opportunity to do that. And I suppose when I say the word opportunity, I I didn't give up. Mm. So I didn't surrender. Um, and I fought it. And I think that, you know, I mean, health, you can be worth all the money in the world and not of your health. Mm. And your outlook on wealth will be entirely different. Um, I think we live in a world where, especially with social media, which is 
got many upsides, but many downsides is that so many people think that they are going to be happy when they achieve a certain level of status or a certain level of material possession. And the reality is it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, you have to really define what success means for you. And that's very individualistic. And, you know, I, I wrote a, a kind of manifesto of what success meant for me when, you know, I, I was realizing that money wasn't really making me happy. In fact, it was just making me more agitated, mm. you know, and I realized that a lot of people build a business from a, a younger self that isn't healed. Mm. So if you weren't the center of attention when you were younger, if you grew up with poverty when you were younger and what you're building now is built with the thinking behind that trauma or that kind of kind of just real chaotic mindset that never got to love itself or see itself for what it was, um, you'll end up with problems. Mm. And what the world really needs is entrepreneurs that are in their adult stage season of life, not their teen or child stage because you know if you pay close attention to the people that you're around and listen to how they react and listen to what drives them and listen to why they do the things they do why they do the overtime and whatever is normally to to buy things to impress people that they don't really like mm. and you know the the reality is it's their inner child or inner teen calling the shots when it comes to the decision-making, the building, and, you know, it just takes uh, you to see that that's not the person that needs to call the shots anymore. Mm. Um, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's immeasurably powerful. And I don't mind disclosing, obviously, you and I have done some work on that in me and, and how being a child was turning up in my life and not necessarily wreaking havoc, but causing me to stagnate and make decisions that weren't trustworthy and were somewhat volatile because you're looking for something you didn't get when you were a kid. Uh, and this is the real deep, dark work that we're referring to when you're talking about being successful, what it takes to do the work. Like, yeah, there's, there's logistical work of sometimes long hours and shit, but that's all pretty easy. And it's mostly comfortable and relatively enjoyable for most people that we're communicating with right now is the deep, dark stuff that is easier to avoid. Like, well, who do you want to be? What is it you aspire to do, be and have? And how is that person now going to be able to go back in time and soothe the insecurities and the challenges and the, the beliefs of that little boy that just wanted a pat on the shoulder and a big hug once upon a time? So it's really, really powerful, empowering stuff, in my opinion. Um, so if then you... Sorry, Karen, mate. If you look at the amount of people on the internet that you could consider as balloons that make a lot of money, you'll realize that it mustn't be hard. If they can do it, I can do it. And that's the the belief that you've got to hold when you see something that makes you feel that you've got lack. Somebody else can do it. I can do it. And, um, you know, making money is, is uh, I look at making money as a character building exercise. Mm. I look at it as, you know, you can only buy so many cars and so many watches and blah, blah, blah. You get desensitized to it all. The number one thing that really matters for a man is is making progress towards a work cause and in the process of doing that enjoying it loving the challenge trusting yourself 
on becoming your own best friend, right? So I always talk about that, becoming your own best friend, because you know, you're with yourself 24 hours a day. That's the, the, the most important relationship in the world is your connection to self, mm-hmm. uh, connection to your heart, connection to who you are. I mean, if that's not healthy 24 mm-hmm. seven, like, you know, why would you want to have company from a rampant dog that's never, never pleased, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, we speak a lot about toughness in the program, what it means to be tough. And the first element of that is character. Like, do you know who you are? And are you securing that person? Rather than trying to dress a certain way, pretend you are a certain thing that you're not. If you're able to ultimately resign at the end of the day and say, well, whether it went my way or not, I know who I am and I love who I am. Then that's a huge fucking win. Uh, And that's the most invaluable thing that obviously we aspire to give clients because it does positively impact every other asset of life. Like if you get yourself back and you love yourself and typically your wife gets the him back too, your business gets the best version of yourself. Every domain of life is improved. So if you were to look back at, let's say like, you know, cause what you're 35 now, 34, 35. 35 if, if you were to look back at your 29 year old self, you know, just about to turn 30, the world was just about to get turned on its head. What would you say to him? Mm-hmm. I would probably say what you shared at the start, stop worrying. Mm. There's no need to worry because everything that you're going to struggle with or fail uh, or do wrong or incorrect is going to serve you. Mm. It's going to serve the growth of your soul, no matter what you do. I mean, if any, everybody listening to this takes a moment to like reflect on a chaotic part of their life, recent or not so recent you know what's the silver lining out of that and would you change things the answer is always going to be no because it's directed you towards you who you are now and the beliefs that you have the connections that you have the business that you have the life that you have the partner that you have the kids that you have all of that stuff um and when you can reframe when you can reframe your outlook on on the world it's it's a a very exciting place to live you know when you get distorted and you think the world's a big dark place, which it can be, you know, mm. uh, I read this beautiful quote the other day. It was, um, you know, let me, let me see if I can find it. Uh, <laughs> a great, a great sentence to finish on, but it was, let me see if I can find it. Um, nearly got it here we go um you can shop this bit anyway yeah how real sort this out make some clickbait This is definitely a good one. Um, 
All right, here it is. You do not have... Oh, what a time for the fucking signal to go. After all that, fuck's sake. Uh, Give us that line and we'll close it, mate. You do not have to sit outside in the dark. If, however, you want to look at the stars, you will find that darkness is necessary. But the stars neither require nor demand it. And I just felt that that was a a beautiful insight into looking at the darkness in our life and really realizing that there are stars in it. Uh, those stars are the very thing that guide us towards truth. And that is realizing that we're nothing but love. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the, 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 the mean undercurrent of life. Mm-hmm. Everything is here to serve you. So, you know, I, um, you know, really hope that inspires mm-hmm anyone who listens to this to realize that whatever darkness you hold, that there's grit light inside it. And, you know, Mark, I, I see the work that you're doing. It's far deeper than just training and nutrition and all that stuff. And you're helping so many men recreate, reinvent themselves and really just live a life on purpose whilst also having the health of physique, the strength, the, the mental tools to navigate the world and do better in life and business. And you're doing great work, my friend. So thank you for having me. No, I appreciate it, mate, and I appreciate the uh, the leading role that you've taken in facilitation of all this sort of stuff. And I'll close on that that sentence you just offered, which was being alive on purpose. Uh, long may it continue for both of us, mate. Love it. What a life. <laughs>